we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Well, on July 4th, fittingly as that might be on Independence Day, uh, as uh, government offices were, were naturally closed for Independence Day, uh, well, there was a federal judge in Louisiana who released an order that uh, could be, most people are saying, one of, one of the most significant victories for freedom of speech and defending our Constitution in our history. That's saying something, friends. Welcome to America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here along with my co-host. Dr. Peter McCullough, great to be here. So this is quite a conversation. This is Missouri versus Biden, in which the states of Missouri and Louisiana joined with five individuals and they were uh, to sue the Biden administration for colluding with and coercing social media platforms to suppress uh, whatever, viewpoints, uh, uh, different opinions, uh, all kinds of things. And you know, the thing about this is, Dr. McCullough, is we knew this was happening every moment of the day. We knew this was going on. We knew it. And here it is out in the light of day. Finally, it has been showcased to be the egregious it is towards our Constitution. Significant story, brother. It is. I had a chance to sit down and go over the case with one of the plaintiffs, Dr. Aaron Cariotti, and he's been on the McCullough Report in the past. He's former professor of medicine at UC Davis, and he's an ethicist, was in charge of their uh, their ethics committee at UC Davis, a clinical psychiatrist. And uh, he is someone who's contributed greatly on the issue of freedoms through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And what Cariotti told me was astounding, Malcolm. He said that this had been going on for years. Uh, It really started kicking up in 2017. Uh, But in fact, there was evidence of this uh, moving into the election of President Donald Trump in 2016, Mm -hmm. where various government agencies figured out that they could use through a variety of methods their influence on social media, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram, as well as through the media, they could use their government authority to start shaping a narrative or messages. So, for instance, if um, if, if there was a narrative that uh, you know Trump was a bad person, they could actually through their influence in these content moderation offices, they could turn up the volume that that Trump is not a good person and turn down the volume on, you know, merits of his candidacy uh, as an example. Uh, well, it's, it's not an ex- it's not an example, Peter. They did that. I just want to point yeah. out to you, Trump is evidence one hundred and one. They absolutely did that to that man and to the country. Right, right. So. Uh, but but the idea is through artificial intelligence, all the programs that can be run on top of Twitter, and there's a ton of them out there. Everybody knows that you can run all kinds of analytics on Twitter. And if you actually had 
ability through content um, moderation offices at social media to say, listen, I'm, you know, at the National Security Administration and um, I'm concerned regarding, uh, you know, this types of messages. I want to see messages uh, dampened on a particular topic. So clearly uh, the election of Trump. And then we moved in through midterm elections. um, And again, using social media through, uh, you know, through agencies. And apparently the number of government agencies is extraordinary. So CIA, FBI, Department of Justice, National Security Administration, National Intelligence Service, um, CDC, FDA, NIH, they all have a hand, a heavy hand in social media and the internet. And and actually governments all over the world do. Then COVID comes in and wow, now we've really got it. Now they're messaging, they're to the point where they have you know, former intelligence community individuals who are not working for social media, they're right in these offices, they're turning up and uh, up the dial on one message, turning down the dial on another message, targeting certain users, having them uh, pulled off. What Cariotti told me essentially, Malcolm, is that these agencies believe they can shape the thoughts of Americans and people all over the world. Well, there are a lot of examples to that. Uh, and uh, the Hunter Biden laptop was another story. The The Wuhan lab leak coming out of uh, China was another big one. The uh, uh, the, the whole thing about masks and lockdowns and, and all of that was uh, tainted toward what they wanted to believe. Uh, yeah, no, they knew they could pull it off. And they pulled it off successfully uh, with all of these culprits in tow, both the social media and also, Peter, let's not forget the legacy media. Uh, they should not be discounted from that as well. They're all in on it, really. And this is so profound, this conversation. It just, it makes you so sick. You just, it's all these stories lately, you know? So here, here's the stunning thing. So Cariotti is one of uh, multiple plaintiffs. He's There's one of amicus, five. One of five. Yeah. One of five. Amicus briefs are filed by several organizations. Yeah. Judge Doughty, uh, who's uh, in a um, district mm-hmm. court yeah. in uh, Louisiana. By the way, Doughty is the one where uh, you know I was involved as one of two experts in the case that, that went through Doughty's court all the way up to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Myself and Jay Bhattacharya, where the four out of the five Biden mandates were overturned mm-hmm. uh, through that uh, court. So <clears throat> it gets to a point through discovery in this case where they're starting to, you know, start to, you know, just get basic pulls of information, Freedom of Information Act. And then Dowdy writes uh, that there is a filing actually for an injunction, which means the government has to stop doing this. <laughs> All the cases going on. It's just simply to halt, cease and desist doing this, the government and through his designees. Now, it wasn't just the agencies doing this. What we learned is the government, through its funding and through NGO funding, literally had operations set up at Stanford University, at University of Washington, a lot of uh, private NGOs, Virality Con- uh, uh, Project, and Graphica, and others. Money was absolutely flowing to these companies as they were out shaping messages in various areas. 
Dowdy writes, if the allegations made by the plaintiffs are true, the present case arguably involves the most massive attack against free speech in the United States history. In their attempts to suppress alleged disinformation, the federal government, and particularly defendants named here, are alleged to have blatantly ignored the First Amendment right to free speech. Now, along your lines, because it uh, sounds like you're more uh, right-leaning than I am, and that's fine because you, you know, America Out Loud is great. It's a great interchange of different viewpoints. But Dowdy, along the lines of what you just said, he continues on and says, although the censorship alleged in this case almost exclusively targeted conservative speech, mm-hmm. the issues raised herein go on beyond party lines. The right to free speech is not a member of any political party and does not mm. hold any political ideology. Mm. It is the purpose of free speech clause of the First Amendment to preserve an uninhibited marketplace of ideas in which the truth will ultimately prevail, rather than to countenance monopolization of the market, whether it be by government itself or by private licensee. And so, uh, you know, they, they cite public pressure campaigns, private meetings, other forms of direct communication, um, the use of the term disinformation, misinformation, malinformation, everything the government was doing, coercing social media platforms to suppress disfavored speakers. I'm sure you and I are, are in that group, viewpoints and content on social media platforms. So, uh, 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 so it moves down, uh, through this, uh, this filing to basically get an injunction. And then at the very end, let me get to the very end of this. There's a pretty important statement. I believe uh, I'll tell you how many pages this is in a second, but it's a pretty lengthy. And, you know, when judges write these types of decisions, they're carefully weighed out, right? So he's basically telling the U.S. government uh, to stop. It's ordered. It's ordered that uh, that the government do these following uh, uh, 10 things. Mm-hmm. That they have to stop meeting with social media companies for the purposes of urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing of any matter of removal, deletion, or suppression of information. Number two, stop flagging content posts on social media platforms uh, and or forwarding social media companies these messages. So for instance, I know the CDC was flagging my tweets and then they were sending them in. So I I have a a FOIA on that. Number three, stop urging, encouraging, pressuring social media to change their guidelines for removing information. Number four, stop emailing, calling, sending letters, texting, or engaging with social media companies in any manner. Number five, uh, stop coordinating, partnering, uh, working with election integrity uh, partnership, virality project, the Stanford Internet Observatory, or any like project or group for the purposes of doing the same. Number six, stop pressuring, uh, threatening social media companies to suppress or reduce content. Number seven, uh, stop taking any action uh, to remove, delete posted content. Number eight, uh, stop following up with social media companies um, regarding whether or not they remove things. Number nine, Stop requesting content reports. The government was requesting content reports from social media detailing the actions taken on behalf of the government. 
Number 10, stop notifying social media companies to, quote, be on the lookout. That's abbreviated BOLO, B-O-L-O, all capital, for postings containing protected free speech. So they could they could do a BOLO for McCullough on, you know, COVID treatment or Malcolm on, you know, vaccines or mm-hmm. something along those lines. Now, of interest, listen to this. The government is not prohibited from doing this. They're not prohibited from informing social media company involving criminal activities. Number two, they're not uh, prohibited from contacting social media regarding national security threats. Number three, they're not prohibited from notifying social media regarding um, illegal campaign contributions, uh, cyber attacks. Number four, again, not prohibited from informing social media uh, of threats that threaten the public safety or security of the United States, like a like a bomb threat. Number five, um, they're not prohibited from exercising permissible government speech, promoting government policies or views. So the government can put their policy out regarding a particular topic on social media. That's fine. Number six, they're not prohibited from informing social media companies or posting intending to uh, uh, mislead voters about voting requirements and procedures. That's actually very interesting. So they're not prohibiting social media companies from misleading voters about voting requirements and procedures. Isn't that something else? Number seven, they're not prohibited from informing or communicating with social media companies uh, to prevent or mitigate malicious cyber activity. And they're not prohibited from uh, communicating with social media about um, uh, protected free speech. So eight things. So what they're saying is what Dowdy is, Terry Dowdy is saying, listen, we are not stopping you from your government operations that that's uh, usual but is setting these guideposts now already yesterday uh the biden administration uh, uh basically put a motion into to stay this injunction to dowdy and dowdy declined it and now which is a formality and now it is probably going to go to an appellate court so we uh, we anticipate two weeks malcolm and then this is going to go to an appellate court that's either going to say, okay, the injunction remains and the government has to stay out of social media, or the injunction is stayed and it's back to business government censorship as usual. So this next step is going to be important because this case may take two to four years. Well, we are under threat here. Uh, we, we've, you know, uh, it's shocking what you say there and what we know about this, Peter, but, uh, it's uh, it, it leaves you speechless. What's taking place here? Um, this is not a fight of left and right, Republican and Democrat, which you referenced a, a moment ago or earlier about being more on the right. It, it's really not about that at all. This is really about a takedown of the country and the movement of the globalists that are trying to seize the moment. And it really has less to do, Biden's name is thrown around a lot, but it's got nothing to do with Biden himself or whatever. It's got to do with the people in power, in control of the United States government. This this cabal that is calling the shots is surely is not Mr. Biden, whose name is thrown around on all these cases. He doesn't have any part of this, really. But it's the people that are in control of all this. So as an example to what I say, uh, here's an example. Uh, It was, let's see, January uh, 2021, three days after uh, Biden took office, the digital director for the COVID-19 response team, Clark Humphrey, emailed Twitter and asked for the removal of a tweet from Robert 
Kennedy Jr. Uh, that was critical of the vaccines, which he surely has been. And Humphrey asked if we can keep an eye out for tweets that fall uh, in the same genre and if Twitter could get moving or removing this ASAP. Now, Kennedy is not a Republican or on the right. He's on the left and he's a Democrat, clearly. So it's going to do with left and right. It's got to do with what's right and wrong with the globalist takedown of this country. The following month, the White House objected to uh, some sort of a parody account. And there's a ton of them out there relating to Hunter Biden's uh, daughter. And uh, they said, please remove this account immediately. Give an instruction to social media to this. And the White House deputy assistant uh, to the president wrote in an email, Twitter suspended the account for 45 minutes later, got rid of it entirely. There's a whole series of these points that I'm mentioning that have been acted upon. Now, Twitter has gone through this metamorphosis, uh, Peter. What has happened is with the Elon Musk coming in, and Elon Musk is struggling. He's struggling with, and, and I feel for the man in this regard, and you have to put yourself in his position. He spent an, uh, an unsightly amount of money on this cesspool called Twitter, okay? An unsightly amount of money. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and, and I'm sure he's kicking himself in the ass because of it, because it's just not a good business decision. When you look at this on your balance sheet, it's horrible, horrible. And they're coming after him. Now, remember, his other business interests, such as Tesla and all the all this other stuff, fed very well to the leftist agenda in the country. Electric cars, sky is falling, climate's blowing up, so on and so forth. So he was beholden to this group. Then he irritated them by trying to release the bird in Twitter and letting that bird flow fly freely which irritated these people over here. And now he's been a little wishy-washy struggling. Underst Listen, I'm not trying to be smart guy here. Understandably so. I mean, the kind of investment would sink him this kind of money. Let's be clear. I mean, he, you know, this kind of, this is significant kind of dollars we're talking about here. And so he's been in this mishmash of information and what to do, the right thing over here or over here. And then what about his business alliances? Because at the end of the day, he he's a smart businessman and he knows he's got a business to run. And he, you've got to appease to your customer base. That's just business 101. And he doesn't quite know what to do with all of that. I feel for the guy. Actually, I do. And But, you know, he bit off a lot more than he probably wanted to chew in this case. But all this is out there now, and um, it's clear what's going on. There's no question we are in a communist takedown of the likes we've never seen. Biden is really nothing in this parade. It's the people around him and above him that are pulling all these strings that are attempting to pull this nation down. And it's clearly out in the in the, uh, the daylight here. And the only thing we can hope for is that people like Dowdy and judges like this, which, you know, and it's and it's tenuous at best that they can toe the line and pull this. I mean, we're fighting right now with the origins of our Constitution and our justice system, which is under arrest, Peter. It's totally under arrest. The justice system is under arrest. It's a mess. It's a disaster. We're in we're in a takedown mode. Nobody really understands this. And we're being tolerant of all of this. And I suggest we need to be less tolerant of it. We need to stop it. And we the people. And this was happening. And, uh, and think about this for a moment. This is happening on Independence Day. 247 years into this experiment. This is when this is happening. And these people and this judge rules on this thing.
I mean, it's beyond the pale here, what's taken place. This really disgusts me at such a level. I can't, and I reported on this with Sidney Powell a week ago and Trevor Loudon both. We reported on this story in the early origins of it without even having all this information out yet. But Malcolm, do you agree with that Dowdy's statement that that this will be one of the, if not the biggest case of free speech in American history? Uh, absolutely, Peter. Absolutely. Because this is the, you see, if we can't speak freely and act freely and do freely, this experiment is over where it's over. You can sit and tell me all these people want to sit in all their high and mighty. And it really disturbs me. Oh, the great America, the great United States, the great constitution. We got nothing, nothing, nothing. Yes, it's the end of this thing. We're already in the end program of this thing, Peter. And it makes me so ill. I, I, I can't even describe it to you as a patriot to see these kinds of stories. I mean, and people are going along with it. And the media, we should be in a total uproar. We should be on the Capitol steps right now with the strong leaders who will defend this and saying, we demand, we, we own this place. We demand action right now. You will leave the program. This is what really should be done. We should be on the Capitol steps demanding what needs to happen since we, the people, own this joint. That's what should happen, Peter. So what you're saying is we really should be hearing strong voices, right? I mean, strong voices for free speech. People uh, should be out there boldly claiming their right to free speech strongly supporting this injunction to stop the government from... Because the rest of it's done. The rest of it's done after this. There's no Second Amendment. There's no Third Amendment. There's no Fourth Amendment. There's nothing. It doesn't exist. Once the First Amendment is blown up, it's done. Now, I agree with your assessment on Musk. I'm mixed on Elon Musk. He's, you know, he's really... He's He's a part of the World Economic Forum. There's no doubt about it. He's struggling. He took the vaccine and somebody in his family got it. He's made various statements. He made a strong statement the other day against the transgender agenda. He said that if any uh, doctor doing this should uh, sterilizing a kid should be, you know, put in prison. Um, but at the same time, he's a transhumanist. Uh, he, he has this neurodial company. He wants to see man and machine kind of meld into one. He's fully a part of the world economic forum. He, brought in Linda Yaccarino, who's a WEF, essentially an operative, uh, to operationally be involved in Twitter. Uh, Twitter is not his main gig, right? He's, That's right. Uh, That's right. He is, uh, you, you know, Tesla. And, he, you know, give him credit. I mean, how many, exactly. how many brand new car exactly. companies exactly. have survived in the United States in the last... Well, he wants years? to be on... I think you might agree, Peter. He wants to be on the cutting edge. I'm not even sure how much he explores every one of these enterprises. He's got he's got rockets going up to interplanetarial exploration. Uh, he's got electric cars all over the place. He's got all kinds of media outlets. He's just so much going on. He's on the cutting edge of things. And I think he's sort of that visionary who wants to be on the cutting edge. I'm not even sure how much he explores every one of these things. And, you know, 
you're you're bound to mess up when you when you put your um your your uh your thumb into so many of these um various projects but, and but ideas. Malcolm, you have to admit it's pretty yeah. fun on Twitter when somebody gets kicked off or something happens, everyone says, Come on, Elon, and I they know, just they just tag him like like he's gonna do something, and here you have you know. You know you know, hundreds of millions yeah. of users, yeah. and uh, people are just dialing him up like he's he's their friend. Like, like, right, that's right. He's yeah. he's become a brand. He's become a brand. He's you know? yeah, he's become a brand. I think he's a mixed review for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other people have clearly emerged. Right, Tucker Carlson has emerged as a firebrand for uh, free speech. Uh, look at what you've done with America Out Loud platform. You know, when I think about it in my mind, I I would not be surprised. If some national security emergency happens, a, 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 a virus or some type of declaration happens, a weather, right. uh, military, something like that, and, right. and then suddenly uh, every undesirable account is X'd off of social media, period, just wiped out. You, you, you think then, that could happen? You think that yeah, could happen? Yeah, just say sorry. This is this is a, an interest of of, of deep okay. uh, security concerns for the country. We're shutting you off. All right. And then, uh, and then the next thing we're left with is this 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 idea. What they're doing in Australia, and New Zealand, that the government is a single source of truth, uh, this ministry <laughs> of truth. Right. And then what's left to go after, Malcolm? Right. Free platforms like independent, America, independent. Yeah, we've already been targeted so many times. That we're being they. We have so much security up here, Peter. We I have a whole group. And fight on this kind of thing because they're always trying to target us and take us down. And we have to have we have to have extra security in place. And sometimes it's annoying because then it it violates the free person who comes on and it asks them to prove something or do something else. It's it's unfortunate. It's sad. But, it's but, but Malcolm, doesn't everybody have a price? Remember the, the on the side of this totalitarian globalist agenda is infinite financial resources. And at some point in time, they could just approach. The so does everybody have a price? Well, hold on a minute here now. Do you think everybody has a price? I'm asking the question. Okay. You're the okay. one who runs a platform. Okay. Okay. If someone you were to be approached by right, right, uh, right, right. Boston Consulting, here we go, and saying, you know, we are happy to offer you a, a wonderful yeah. retirement. Yeah, I know yeah. you've been thinking about this. Yeah, yeah. Here is two hundred million dollars, <laughs> and and it and, and at mm. some point, does everybody have a yeah. price? And That's will these independent? Well, will this, or we can pick other independent platforms, right. uh, will, will they all cave to this right. infinite financial resource out there? Right, right. Well, that's a hell of a question. That is really a very interesting question. Um, it depends what you're in, in, the, in the deal for, what you're in the race for. Money has always been the equal uh, equalizer, if you will, it, it, through history of mankind. It's the greed that pulls out the worst of people. I mean, I recognize this as a young man. And it depends what 
Pied Piper you're you're tweeting to, I guess, or what you're playing to, I guess. <laughs> really, though, yeah. Um, you know, um, for me, I, I just, you know, money doesn't terribly excite me, Peter, uh, truth be told. Um, it's important to have this uh, dirty substance. It's green. It's rectangular in nature <laughs> sometimes. It's disgustingly dirty, germified all over the place. I mean, it's germophobia in so many ways. It's absolutely disgusting whether it's digital or in your hand. Um, and it pulls out the worst of people. And I, and I discovered this years ago. It's not a new development. I understood this a long time ago. And I try never to make money my paradigm, my dividing principle that I use to make a decision. In fact, that's probably why sometimes I've gone to the boardroom or talked with people and the board, the CEO or the, the chairman will look at me and say, did he really say that? Because I will sometimes go in the face of that uh, for the moment of truth, for the out loud truth, and sometimes biting myself in the foot, if money was your derivative or your passion, it's really not mine. There's only so much money you can have, and I don't need the money right now in my life. And it's not something I I don't run my I don't run decisions I make, Peter. I'm being straight with you now. I don't make decisions I make based on money, and I'm very careful about that. I do it for the better good of this platform network and the people that make up the network and the platform. And frankly, I do it for the mission of good and evil. So I, I like to think I'm not for sale in that regard. Um, you know, you know, my, my former office mate uh, at a big academic medical center in Dallas, Dallas, William Roberts just passed away at age oh. 90. Oh. And uh, he used to say he's the most published uh, a cardiologist, I think, left in the world. And uh, you told me uh, that. Yeah. And he he said, take anything that you think you really value and hold it in your hand. Yeah. And then ask yourself, do you feel love? Yeah. Do you feel love? Yeah. You know, how about that diamond ring? Yeah. Do you yeah. feel love? That cell phone. Yeah. He goes, if you don't feel love, you get rid of it. Yeah. And this idea of if you if you wow. lay awake at night wow. dreaming of wow. an expensive sports car yeah. or dreaming about a yacht, if that really yeah. keeps you up at night, yeah. Uh, yeah, then you ought to look at that. But the majority of us, yeah. Malcolm, I don't think we stay up at night no. dreaming about no. yachts or no. sports cars. No. I, I no. mean, we have roofs no. over our head. Yeah, uh, we have clean yeah. air to breathe. We have good food to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I agree with you. This yeah. is I think this is it. I think we are in yeah. the epic showdown yeah. of uh, that's that's culminating. Well, uh, uh, you know, this country could be at, yeah. at the end of it. Well, that's exactly it, Peter. That's exactly it. And Run. you know, I take my orders. I take my orders and my direction from God Almighty. Uh, that's the start of America Out Loud. I've had this conversation with you before, Peter, so I won't uh, go down that. But I mean, that's the origins of why we even did this, why we're here. And I, I'm not saying this or sitting or standing on some religious platform. It's got nothing to do with that. Uh, it's got to do with uh, faith in people, faith in humanity, faith in God Almighty. It's just a principle driving mechanism. And that's what I stand on that ground for whatever it is. So I'm in it for the fight of victory and the fight of good and evil. Um, that's, I, you know, I've been really, I feel blessed to be in this position. And I don't, I don't, you know, it's, I'm not into a lot of the, uh, Peter, the, um, 
the accolades and the spotlight and all this. I don't really care about that anymore. When I was maybe 25, 30, 35, it mattered maybe a little bit. And I thought I had to be the rat's ass or the biggest guy on campus. I don't really give a rat's ass anymore. I don't care. Uh, It really does. That's why I don't make Malcolm out loud the big thing. It doesn't matter. What the hell does it matter? It doesn't matter. I've got all kinds of great people around us. We're doing enormous things and we're carrying out God's mission. And we're trying. You are capitalizing. You have to admit, you're capitalizing that technology, which has, which is really the counterpunch to this uh, restriction in free speech, right? So every time they try to restrict free speech, well, you know what? You don't have to be on Twitter. You can go on America Out Loud. Amen. Amen. Hear all kinds of different. That's a great segue to tell you and tell listeners right now, Peter. So bear with me. This has been awesome here, but. is that, uh, well, uh, we've made a, a, a big change in the name of the uh, platform. If you've seen it, uh, it's kind of a little big deal, I guess. Seven years into this uh, amazing platform, could not be more blessed uh, to be able to work in with such enormous people. But uh, the main site now we're speaking about is now AmericaOutloud.news. Dot news. And you'll see the change. If you go to the site right now, friends, you'll see the the new header. Go, go. If you got a laptop or a desktop, it's a better experience. Go there rather than a mobile phone if you can, because you get a better experience and you get the full visual of the graphic and all of the very cool things on the site. Well, we have a ton of mobile visitors, but go on a desktop or laptop if you can, please, and take a look. News. Still liberty and justice for all. The logo has morphed. It's a it's a beautiful red. It's a vibrant. Um, ah, I love it. It's a patriotic red it's an american red it's a red of freedom um it's all of that but in dot news so now but here's what's cool if you still go there and you type in under your browser because we've been known for seven years americaoutloud.com it will it's okay you'll still get here you're always going to be able to get here because we own obviously the domains but it will it will uh, convert on the URL automatically. It's redirected, and it will change. If you watch your URL, it will change to AmericaOutloud.news. So in the future, we're a news organization, we're an independent news organization, we're all the things that, uh, Peter, you just described a moment ago here, and that is AmericaOutloud.news now moving forward. Just made the change last weekend. We've been planning this for about six to eight months, Peter, but my technical team was having a heart attack about all the details on this. And I just wanted to do it. I'm like, a, I know what I want when I want it. And I want an AmericaOutloud.news. <laughs> That's why I said to those six, seven months ago, let's do it. They said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to like do all of this. We got to do all of that. We got to make sure all the links work, all the back links, all of this, all of that. I said, okay, all right. So we finally did the change this past weekend on, uh, I think, well, it was just before the weekend. I think it was on Friday, Thursday night, Friday. We were down for about two hours. It said maintenance overnight. It was an overnight thing. And they made the changeover with all the CDNs all over the world because our site is populated all over the world where we got multiple servers all over the world so that if one server goes down, we have other servers that pick up the traffic. It's a, it's a very complicated technical uh, deal. But anyways, we did all of that. And what do you think, Dr. McCullough? What do you think of that? I'm looking at it right now. I really like it. It's got (laughs) uh, the upper banner. It's got some real zip to it. And, um, you know, the trending cloud, which was uh, moved over to this new site, uh, which everyone should look at because that that gives a a feeling of the pulse of what's going on. 
uh, right now that what's trending is COVID-19 censorship, COVID crimes, independence is the biggest one, Supreme Court and we the people. Isn't that something else? And look at some of these uh, shows. Uh, Stuart Tankersley, I talked with him for an hour last night. Uh, cool. uh, really a heroic uh, leader, physician, but also policy expert. Uh, you know, the government shall not infringe on freedom of speech uh, with uh, Dr. Vaughn and Tankersley. That's going to be on a pulse uh, uh that was know, on tuesday. tuesday that was yesterday that was, but it will be on yesterday. podcast tonight later tonight yeah, on wednesday so it'll hit the podcast uh tom rents is going over digital bank currency which we all have to be uh up to snuff on national security hour uh then of course your voice of the nation um you know this is i got the Bregans on by the way and we're talking about a very interesting topic this was yesterday now but it'll be on podcast later tonight and it was the World Population Day was yesterday, Peter, on Tuesday, as as uh, we're on the Wednesday show here, and gives pause to tolerance of evil. Very interesting program with the Bregans. And if you get a chance to hear it, it got a little hot a little bit later into the program when I was explaining to them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was interesting. I had both Peter and Ginger on, by the way, and I love both of them dearly. And it got a little hot. And this, by the way, is uh, this. Uh, they, and they, uh, as everybody should know here, host the Thursday episode of America Out Loud Pulse after the Wednesday show here. And it got a little hot a little later in the program because I made the statement back. We were talking about a lot of different things. And I said, well, maybe we need to be less tolerant with all of this takeover stuff and the equity and diversity and the stuff mm-hmm. they're jamming down our throat and calling mm-hmm. us names and everything else. Mm-hmm. And they took that a little offensive with that. I was saying, let's be less tolerant against certain groups, which I was not saying exactly. So it actually, because it was, and I, it, it's all in the program. I left it in because it's priceless. And so my dear friend, Dr. Peter Bregan pushed back on me a little bit. And he said, I disagree, Malcolm. And I said, because we've never done that. And so afterward, he was trying to, because, you know, a lot of people like that, when they do shows, they want to get to a consensus. See, I think Great Talk Radio, Peter, is not about a consensus. It's about a conversation of diverse opinions and thoughts. If you really want to move the meter, it's about that. And that's what that show, that episode did. So it was really fascinating. We saw, we agreed at the end of the day, but we really didn't agree with some of the, conversation that was happening and i just said we need to be less tolerant as people pushing against you know the takeover of christianity the takeover of free thinking people the take you know what i'm saying of that kind of yeah thing, you're you know? saying of this uh, of the encroaching ideology you're not saying being intolerant of other other people yes now he jumped on that's that it, sure, that's it that's as it. a psychiatrist and saying to, you know yeah. that, that you know here you are you got um, it you know you you bigot right yeah um, yeah you got but, it you could no no you nailed it now i hope right. you listen but, to that and tell me what you think well uh, you know i i had a long conversation with him this weekend uh you know what what uh, the feedback i'm getting out there is that they'll say, listen, uh, Malcolm, McCullough, you know, all you guys, you uh, freedom fighters, you know, you're pushing stuff at us every day. It's great. Thanks for stepping up. They said, but we want two things. We want a, we want to see you engage with people that disagree with you. We actually want to see the other side of this in some way. And they said, B, we want to know what to do. So, so this idea of just don't raise another problem for us, Shove it out there in our busy day in public. That's great. That's great. That's great. What you're saying. Those two things show us. 
And so I thought that was really interesting. And, and if we can work towards that. Now, I, I do have to say, I have to return to your comment about money and germophobia. Because <laughs> the first thing that came, listen, the first thing that came into my my mind is a book I'd really recommend everybody read. And sometimes the older books, the books that have stood the test of time for, you know, 500 right. years right. are probably worth reading. And the name of the book is My Name is Red. And oh, wow. it's by Orhan Pamuk, who's from Turkey. And this is about a story told from the perspective of a coin, a coin that was uh, basically made oh. in the time of the uh, Ottoman Empire. Right. And the coin passes from person to person to person. And the coin tells the story of what's going on as he passes from rich person to poor person, gets dumped in it. the dirt for a while, gets okay. lost. Okay. And it, it, it just says here, I'm just reading the description. My name is Red is a kaleidoscopic journey to the intersection of art, religion, love, sex, and power. And it's so true. Uh, it, and so it's a great book. It's a fun read written about 500 years ago, but it gives you an idea. You know, back at that time, for instance, uh, the coin spent a lot of time in uh, various um, yeah. places of public gathering. And I'll never forget when the coin is describing, people are drunk with coffee. Because back then in the Ottoman Empire, they couldn't drink alcohol. <laughs> and the coin would say, I think he's drunk with coffee. That was about the single greatest stimulant these people would have uh, back in the day. But uh, it's a terrific story. And of course, the coin gets quite dirty and it ends up in a lot of places you wouldn't want to know about. Wow. But wow. at any rate- You've read you know, this book, obviously, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or but, him's but, book. Okay. It, it, but it's it's a great book. And okay. uh, the, the point is, okay. you know, currency, yeah. and I think Tom Rents is going to cover this, the independence of currency- yeah. is really important. So if that dollar in That's your right. wallet is truly independent of anything, right. and you truly have the ability to save it, spend it, yeah. make your independent choice, and that's fine. When you lose the true independence of that dollar bill, yeah. if it's sitting in an account that you can't control or the mm -hmm. decision on where it goes depends on your social credit score, what have you, then currency becomes something completely different. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And we're fighting that battle right now. That book, Peter, Orhan uh, Pamuk, uh, My Name is Red. First of all, I'm going to get the book and read it because you've been, you've <laughs> enticed me to do that for real. I love, I love to uh, books in it, but I'm going to put it in the America I Love bookstore. I love the cover of this, by the way. Uh, the cover is very graphic, very interesting cover. Uh, so you'll see it on the front page. I'm going to put it on the front page on the right sidebar coming part way down when you go on the desktop or laptop. You'll see a series of books there, and uh, they're just easily accessible to get these books. So anyways, we'll put it in there, and I'm going to buy the book myself and read it. And you can get Kindle for $11.99. Uh, you can get a paperback for $17.95, a hardcover for 30 bucks, depending on what you want. But but I'm going to get it based on your recommendation, brother. And it says, my name is Red. It's a kaleidoscope journey to the intersection of art, religion, love, sex, and power. By golly, sign me up. I love all of that stuff. Art, religion, well, love, it's, sex, it's, and it's, power. It's, <laughs> it's powerfully written. And of course, <laughs> you know, I think as a reader, I like to move between fiction, love and it. this is fiction, yeah. as well as nonfiction. Yeah. And, uh, and to go uh, to go back and forth, you know, there's a lot of buzz out there 
uh, about the new movie on child trafficking. Yes, yes. We've got stuff people all over the platform talking about. i got to do a show on this in a couple of days. or I think we're going to get Kavizal on the network as well he, to he, talk about it. Yeah, he's a great guy. I've been up on stage uh, uh, yeah. with him at uh, a big convention with LifeSite yeah. News. Kavizal is a very intense man. Yeah, I love uh, him in The Passion of Christ. Love yeah, him. and he's intensely religious. Um of course, uh, that was the Passion Christ was produced by Mel Gibson, who I also yeah. had a chance to meet. Mel read our book, Courage to Face COVID nineteen, and uh, the interesting thing to me is my whole office just watched it last night. I was talking to today uh, during office hours uh, about what they thought, and the astonishing thing is that this is a story that, that tells about a, a whole heinous. Uh, basically industry of child trafficking. So anybody that would watch this, you know, should be uh, disturbed. Mm -hmm. And what's come out from the liberal press and on CNN is is astonishing. They have said that this is a QAnon conspiracy (laughs) and that Caviezel, and they said that this is an an overreaction. This is a a portrayal. No, no, honestly, they... I, you can't well, that's what they always up. do, Peter. Though they always do that. That plays to the where we open up the show with the, with the coerced media, and that's that's all just BS, you know. But 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 think about where we are now. Uh, the left, if you kind of take it all the way back, uh, they were clearly in support of a, a completely unfair rigged election and just false stories. Yeah. That that ultimately came out in this Durham report, right? So. Um, they everything is documented now, Peter. Everything is documented, everything. right? So that, then we move on to this this awful COVID false narrative of suppression of early treatment, mass vaccination, ruining people's lives, lockdown, social media. So we get through that, uh, and they are completely on board with this transgender freight train taking over the world. And if that's not enough, they they in a sense you know, try to knock down any concerns we would have on child trafficking. Yeah, it's it's disgusting, <laughs> but they, they do it all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm used to it now. And it's, it's where we started the program today. There's there's a movement to to fight against the truth. There's a movement. It's really an evil movement. And it is disgusting. It, it is it is it is really, really disgusting. So we got to take a quick pause here. Um and um, uh, before we do, just AmericaOutloud.shop. Uh, very excited about this part of the, it's a new uh, part of the site, actually. And there's some really cool stuff up there. You're going to start hearing more and more uh, of some of the new products coming in, which I'm really, really, truly excited about. It's going to help us all be healthy and just be that far ahead of uh uh, of all of it, all this uh, bad stuff that's happening. Um, Cofix RX, a couple things I got to tell you about it. Not only the nasal hygiene, but, uh, and we've got it, I don't know if you've got yours yet, Peter, but it's coming in a, a, a throat spray. Your throat, you're sprayed in your throat. Cofix has now taken and moved the ball that much forward. Uh, and um, take a look at this product. You'll start seeing, there'll be a special up on the network. If you go to AmericaOutloud.shop in just a couple of days, you'll see a, a special promotion up there. Uh, you'll be able to get it uh, uh, at a at a great uh, uh, offer. So go look at that as well. Malcolm, let me just put in a word for that. We feature both the spray now, uh, the nasal spray and the throat spray in our office. 
they have really stepped up. Uh, you know, the the uh, the most recent release has xylitol. It has vitamin exactly. D. Yeah. It has povidone iodine at a slightly higher concentration, but it seems to be well tolerated. Yeah. Now, here's the advantage here. Let's say you're on a, an airplane and someone next to you is sick or coughing and you're not sure and you're stuck on a three-hour flight. and You're like, oh, gosh, I am in a viral cloud. These are small. You can pull them out couple puffs up the nose, sniff it back, open your mouth and spray the back of your mouth with the spray. And you don't have to gargle. You yeah. could actually do it right there and get some protection. And we're getting great reviews. You know what I call it? I, I spoke to them the other day and it's a whole new protocol. I called it the Cofix protocol. It is that one, two strong punch with the nose and the throat which is so vital to staying clear of some of this garbage out there. And again, we'll be coming more into more flu season, all of that stuff here just ahead. So you want to arm yourself with this stuff. Watch the site. You'll see the discount on it. There's some other cool things coming out. I'm actually excited to even talk to Dr. McCullough about some of this stuff here uh, in the next couple few weeks. I'm pretty juiced about a lot of it. And plus, the nurses are going to be all over some new products as well. Uh, anyways, a lot going on. Friends, let's take a quick pause. We'll join you just on the other side here on America Out Loud Pulse. Cofix RX is povidone iodine nasal spray in a 1.25% solution and a spray bottle that actually actuates the povidone iodine into a gentle spray into the nose in order to kill nasal pharyngeal pathogens the viruses that cause the common cold, paramyxoviruses, other coronaviruses, adenoviruses, as an example. Common bacteria, including uh, pneumococcus, haemophilus, staphylococcus, uh, streptococcus, all those common organisms that cause sinusitis. Uh, importantly, the uh, product is used with a spray pump up each nostril. Don't hold your head back, just in a neutral position and there it can be used uh, about three times a day in a 24-hour period when anybody gets sick in the house and cofix rx is not far away so go to cofixrx.com and in the promotional code uh, put in out loud for a discount let's get real let's get loud on america out loud talk radio millions of americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. AmericaOutloud.com if you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Hey, we join you back here. It's Malcolm Out Loud, along with Dr. Peter McCullough. And uh, we are in Q&A 75 and moving right along here. I want to jump right into some questions. This is from Tommy. Hi, Malcolm and Dr. McCullough. All these unexpected deaths that we have seen these last few years. What is the cause? 
Are they all most likely myocarditis? And if so, would it be safe to assume if you don't have myocarditis, you aren't going to die unexpectedly? Also, Dr. McCullough, I've heard you say previously that the myocarditis tends to happen within the first few weeks and months after the jab. Have you seen myocarditis appear, say, year two, years post-jab? What do you say to Tommy? Okay, let's take the last one first. Disturbing case out there literature you'll find on social media. Basketball player, last name Adamus. Adamus, foreign player. He gets myocarditis after the vaccine in 2021. Messages out clearly that he took the vaccine and got myocarditis. He's taken out of basketball for greater than a year. He goes on a treadmill test, I guess, to be sure he's okay to return, Malcolm. This is two years later. In 2021, he's got myocarditis. The treadmill's in 2023. He dies on the treadmill. Oh, dear. Malcolm, I've never had a patient die on the treadmill. I'm a cardiologist. Why? Because we have the defibrillator right there. So I can tell you, I am worried that there may be an extended tail for a risk of death in clinical myocarditis. What the listener says is right. Most of the symptomatic myocarditis occurs within a few days. Uh, Red hot on the uh, Zenodo server, you'll see it all over the internet, is a paper where I'm the senior author. First author is Nick Holscher from University of Michigan. Uh, The largest autopsy series, 325 autopsies uh, done after vaccination. The answer is that the single greatest cause of death after the vaccine is cardiovascular myocarditis and heart attacks. Wow. I mean, that's that's a story and a half that you say there. Um, all right. I hope that helps, Tommy, there. That's, uh, wow. Uh, this one, uh, Dr. McCullough, is from Kim. Uh, curious if there is any research or information on long-term side effects of taking monoclonal antibody treatment. I'm following my patients carefully. I've administered hundreds of times. I am not seeing any long-term side effects at all, Malcolm. I think it's it's clear saline. I've looked at all the analysis, always safe and effective. The shortcoming was not enough sick people received them. Yeah, and you said that from the beginning, so I'm really happy to hear your answer here that that's still the case. So, Kim, that should help you. But, you know, we've talked about this a lot, and there it is. That's that's awesome. Uh, This one's from uh, Jared. I'm looking for any literature or links to dementia, Alzheimer's, and COVID vaccination. I guess the link between that, he's saying. Interesting. My mother's short-term memory has pretty rapidly decreased since COVID, and she's had three injections. I'm not sure where to turn if she lives in Northern California. Uh, Dr. McCullough, let me ask you about that, because we talked a lot about uh, brain fog, that sort of thing. I I don't know if this relates to that or not. What are we talking about here? He's talking about actually progressive uh, neurocognitive decline. Serious. Then. And uh, the theoretical basis is there as written in a paper by Seneff, S-E-N-E-F-F, and then I'm the, I'm the middle or senior author on that paper. No emerging clinical data as we speak, although it, it's a great concern. We're just going to have to see how things go in. There is a, a paper from Croatia cited on my Substack where there can be acute mental decompensation in people with psychiatric disease. I mean, people actually admitted with suicidal ideation and 10 acute psychosis after vaccination, but uh, it's it's at this point in time, it's at the case report level. Okay. This one's from Mark. Greetings from down under. We know where that is. Uh, especially thanks to Dr. McCullough and Dr. Harvey Reese uh, for their excellent medical counsel over the past uh, several years. 
Greatly appreciated. We purchased three bottles of the Natural Spike Support Formula plus annual membership of the Wellness uh, just a couple of days ago. Questions, please. I avoided the vaccine poison, but may have contracted C-19. Am I able to take the spike support medicine as a precautionary measure without side effects? What is the optimum period of time to complete the spike support medicine course for it to deliver best results? Good question. Answer is yes. We're using it widely in people like him. Uh, Two capsules twice a day, minimum duration, three months, if there's been more exposure extended to somewhere between six and 12 months. Okay, that spike support, friends, is on, I got to tell you, AmericaOutloud.shop. You'll get out loud, get 25% off the spike support. Uh, I'm hearing nothing but awesome comments about it, frankly. And I've got some people I have highly supported it to and pushed it to who needed it. So anyways, very cool stuff. Dylan says... In your professional opinion, would it be wise or safe to have a child with a two-time vaccinated woman? Wow. Wow. Well, you, want, well, you, want to, a, you, want, you want to take that one, Dr. McCullough? <laughs> Malcolm, that is so loaded. I don't even know where to begin. We just don't have any assurances. Let's just take the mother's health. We know in a paper by Hoyert and colleagues on the CDC website for March of 2023, maternal mortality is at an all-time high. Women dying during pregnancy 42 days after in that analysis, 65% of women have taken a shot either before or during pregnancy. The only thing I can tell is that you know the longer the duration of time between the shots and conception, the better. That's all I can say at this point in time. Okay, there you go. There you go. It's, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. This one's from Mark. Should I be using the natokinase even though my D-dimers are normal? Is it possible to have microclots after severe COVID? I'm a long hauler with neurological symptoms. Malcolm, I just saw a man who had COVID twice. No vaccine. Malcolm, he has an 18-inch clot in his leg. Today, I saw him. Wow. And it's a year and a half after COVID. So believe me, COVID itself can cause blood clots. Yes, natokinase is fine to use two capsules twice a day. And the answer is yes, micro blood clots can be forming. Now, in his case, I think there's an underlying malignancy. We also look for hypercoagulable states. That is, it's not uncommon, by the way, for people to have some inherited tendencies for blood clotting. And doctors can figure that out through blood tests and a, a basically a swab in the mouth. So need to see a doctor on that. If clinical blood clotting is there, if he's concerned about just the theoretical micro blood clots as shown in the paper by Lee and colleagues, natokinase is perfectly safe to take two capsules twice a day of spike support. Japanese have been doing this, by the way. They said they've been eating natto for a thousand years and they do it for its benefits against cardiovascular disease and blood clots. They've been doing it in the supplement format for several decades now. That's where it was discovered and, and used rapidly, as you say, in Japan. So uh, it seems to be it's going to be uh, something people want to tap into here. Last one I want to sneak in here from Brian. Greetings. Um, Dr. McCullough, I was wondering what the latest news was on whether mRNA can be spread from vaccinated people to the unvaccinated during sexual contact. This is of huge potential concern to millions of singles who are rejoining the dating world after the pandemic. What would be your best advice to someone navigating the dating world concerning this issue? <laughs> the answer is yes. It looks like it can transfer. Uh, check out my Substack. 
out this week, Malcolm. I interviewed Helene Benoon from France, former Instrum scientist. She has all the latest data. It's convincing. She thinks it's happening. Uh, the good news is the leading dating site for people who did not take the vaccine is called Unjected, U-N-J-E-C-T-E-D, Unjected. Go to unjected.com, probably the hottest dating site out there for people who didn't take the vaccine, so you don't have to worry. Wow, what a novel idea that is, uh, to be able to put that out there. Friends, that's all the time we have here on America Out Loud Pulse. Always a beat ahead. <laughs>